When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 64, 2018. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Uh, the world did not explode. We're recording this early. <laughs> we don't know. So if the world exploded. If Trump bombed North Korea at midnight. <laughs> billion dollar idea. <laughs> yeah. Midnight North Korea style. There's this thing going around right now where it's like Phil Collins tweeted out like, oh, if you play in the air tonight at 1157, then right when the ball drops, it'll be like the big drums in the air tonight. Like Trump needs to do that with bombing. He needs to send out a tweet. Yeah. That like, I'm going to bomb. My bomb takes 17 seconds to land. Right. So he sends out the treat. Yeah. So we're bombing now. So it's going to land at midnight. Wow. That's that's some performance art. You should do it. <laughs> Amazing. Two hundred eighty characters. It takes a little bit longer. It gives it gives the bombs more time. Exactly. To get there, it's yeah, very yeah, thoughtful yeah. Twitter because I don't know if our nukes could get there in one hundred forty characters. Exactly. <laughs> so on the podcast, hey, first of all, you can find me at Turner B Sparks on Twitter. You can find Kaplan at K A P Cap in America. On the podcast today, we have Jonah Kessel. Yeah, my cousin in law, or what do we call cousin in law <laughs> to Kaplan. <laughs> Related to Randy Kaplan, uh, nay, Randy Kessel. Randy Kessel, yeah. Yeah, right? little insider tip. So <laughs> Jonah Kessel is a photojournalist. He's also a videographer for the New York Times. The failing New York Times. The failing New York Times. This guy's big time, Yeah, right? He's a big get. He's a big get. He lived in China for a while. He has. We were just watching some of his videos. He's done, he recently went to North Korea. Yeah, he was there with Nicholas Kristof, for people who might have seen that trip on, on Twitter, Instagram. It was big news at the time. Who's Nicholas Kristof, who's that? Jesus Christ! He's like that's the, his. Uh, he's wait, the, no. That's the guy. The Times. He writes op eds for the New York Times. He, he, he's one of the most famous for the people New for the New York Times. So like Krugman, Christoph, Thomas Friedman, Maureen Dowd. You know all these people? No, I know Friedman. He did the Earth is flat book. Yeah, you're no, kind of no favorite writer for the Times. Op-ed, you think our audience knows op ed writers? I don't know. People do. What do you do? You go to brunch. You read the newspaper in the old days, or you follow? Oh my gosh! Oh. This is you being like so. Like you just think. I've heard this from listeners, and I'm going to call you out. <laughs> Is it you have you certain points, not all the time, but certain points throughout this podcast, you just think everyone knows everything about New York City. Like we're gonna be sort of some local writer. Hey, local York, writer, the New York Times is like the most b- biggest newspaper in America. This is so Alt Weber of you. <laughs> this is Weber. Alt Weber Weber's does this. A great new term. This is Weber's t- 24 hours a day. This is the Weber life. Right. Just nothing outside of Manhattan matters ever. And you do it every once in a while. This is your, you being Alt Weber right now. Right. Well, nothing outside of New York matters at like all. Gonna, That's like, my expanded. It's more than Manhattan. It's Brooklyn and it's Queens and maybe not Staten Island. Like, oh, this is, oh, what, you don't know Marty McNeil, the beat writer for the Sacramento Bee <laughs> for the Kings? As I Ma- just assume everyone should know him. Has Marty McNeil been to either Africa or North Korea or anywhere he's been tweeting about? Or <laughs> I don't know. Why does that matter? Like, maybe if the Kings is, win. Is that a real person, Marty McNeil? Martin McNeil, but uh, I, I'm Marty afraid. McFly is a great name. <laughs> Friends call him Marty. All right, you're right. I'm gonna in 2018. My first resolution is I'm gonna expand myself. I'm not gonna be so New York centric. Exactly. It doesn't because I have my conflicting brands. My like really Jewiness wants to be super New York. Yes. But I'm I'm from Mr. Pennsylvania, Kaplan. I know. So I gotta I gotta expand. I'm gonna follow 
uh, to Sacramento beat writers, Marty McNeil. Marty McNeil, and I'm gonna follow. I'm gonna pick some people in the middle of the country. There you go. And I'm gonna reference Manny them. Navarro. On, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna p- reference Manny on the pod and Miami see if you're paying Herald. attention. Miami <laughs> Herald. Look him up. I fucking Manny. No, nah, I'm not following the Miami Herald. I'm sure that paper's total crap. It's not that good. <laughs> so, but Joe DeKessel. Yes. Yeah. He's, He's really been really... all around the world. Uh, we'll see how much we get to. But uh, we might have to have him back. We, we might have to have this him guy's back. like he's very on brand for us. Yeah, it's gonna be. And he good. lived in China for a while, and he's also readjusting to America, just like you. So I'm excited. Should be interesting. Before all that, Amazon is an app. Still an app. You can go to Amazon. Go to LostInAmericaPod.com. Listen, Christmas just passed, but guess what's coming up? We got a Valentine's Day coming up. Yeah. You got. Martin Luther King Day. Martin Luther King Day, if you give people gifts for that. Yeah, Weber's maybe. birthday. Weber's about to turn 40. Weber's Anyone birthday. want to buy a last second? Any of our listeners? Get him a, a, <laughs> I don't know, a picture of New York City. Pancakes is about to have a birthday. She's turning nine. My dog, you know. So when you get all these <laughs> gifts for people, before you do it, go to lostinamericapod.com. Click on the advertisement in the upper right-hand corner. That'll take you back to Amazon. Then do your regular shopping. Yeah. And thank you to everyone. The holidays were great for us. It yes, thank big, you, guys. We were bucks up over the And holidays. it's mutually beneficial because I was just reading how the new great tax cut is uh, it's not so great for Amazon because they don't really benefit. They don't really pay any taxes because yeah. they don't make any money, apparently. Good. So Amazon's struggling right now as a stock. It's getting hit because of this. Yes. They need us to support them. Otherwise, you don't want to lose Amazon. You, you don't want to go back to shopping at mom and pop stores, what people. Are gonna, what are you going to do? Rebuild malls? You know how much time you would have wasted during the holiday season <laughs> if you were to go to the fucking mall and look for something for your aunt for exactly. an hour? Exactly. You don't so, want to do that. Support Amazon. They need your help. Okay. <laughs> Should we get to Lost in America? <laughs> Play the freaking music. Play the music for two thousand. Kaplan, I'm lost in America this week. I was in a situation recently that I had no idea what to do, and I need your help. All right. How do I react? You still sick? I'm still sick. It's I'm, literally been a month. I might have AIDS. The holidays are over. I mean, I just, I can't, Not I can't shake it. The King Day. Yeah. Okay. I'm still, uh, this is, I didn't know what to do. And okay, I was in uh, um, a market, not a supermarket, just like a, a, what do you call those? A bodega? No, bigger than that. A supermarket? A store. A drugstore? Dr- nah, were they well, selling food? What were yeah, they selling? they sell food, but it's not like a Walmart size. It's just like a regular one. That's a New York City supermarket. New York. I was in a New York City <laughs> supermarket. They're not as big. Around I'm sorry corner. to be so New York-centric. I apologize. I, I apologize. <laughs> I'm in a New York City supermarket around the corner from my apartment. I'm there. It's like 9 o'clock at night. They're like halfway closing. Mm. Not many people are in there. I'm back in the ice cream aisle because DA wants ice cream. And plus, softy. Come on. i got to stay on brand for myself. Yeah. So I'm buying ice cream. As I walk through... Into the aisle of the frozen food aisle, there's a guy there with the door open to the ice cream uh, cont- uh, uh, section, whatever. And he has a bag with about 30, I would say 30 tubs of ice cream in it. All right. He looks at me and he puts his hand into the freezer and just does a sweep of all of the extra tubs that are still in the freezer and dumps them into his this bag. This definitely sounds like a supermarket, by the way, this much ice cream. Yeah, so he's <laughs> dumping them into his bag. Like, like the Ben and Jerry's size. Oh, you know, little, the pi- little, little tiny ones, yeah. yeah. He's dumping them into his bag. Dumping them in, dumping them in. And first of all, I'm like, okay, I guess he works here. I don't know what he works here or something. Yeah. And it's, then he gets his bag, picks it up. I would say, no exaggeration, 50 tubs of ice cream in it. Was he wearing a ski mask? No, just dressed normal. Picks him up, and then there's a back door. He walks right out the back door onto the street and just leaves. So then I go <laughs> to the counter, and I was like, excuse me. 
I don't know if this guy works here, but this guy just put like 50 tubs of ice cream in it, walked out the back door, and walked into the street. Is he one of your employees? And they, the one girl, like it's th three women at the counter, and that one girl goes, ah, shit. <laughs> and then they all look at each other and start laughing, and they're like, that guy does that every year. And he just once a year, he just stealing Wait, ice cream. Only once a year? Like I for guess Christmas? He does it once a year to keep him guessing, but it's always at Christmas, they say. Always ice cream. Always ice cream. All right. And they Never. think that he, he, um, uh, sells it to the bodegas, which are like little shops if you're not in New York City. The little corner stores. They think he sells it to the corner stores around around town. These bodegas are accepting black market Apparently, ice cream without knowing. <laughs> they're buying but from like a borderline homeless guy. We could set up a sting real easily here. Here's my question. What was I supposed to do? Can I can you citizens arrest in America? Uh people say citizens arrest a lot in joking <laughs> terms, but I don't know what that actually so means. Citizens arrest, you can say that. Like, what is, I don't even know, like, assistance arrest means you could say you're under arrest. I'm a citizen, you're under arrest. I guess so. But, like, what is any self-respecting crook going to do and with also, that information? Like, is that my jurisdiction? Because I live in the neighborhood? Do you have to live in the neighborhood? Like, at this point, if he, like, punches you out, does that become the same as him harming a cop? I don't know. Because you try to arrest him? Like, I don't, because uh, why would he listen it. to you? I didn't do anything. Uh, right. First of all, I was confused. And then with so, the point when I thought, like, oh, wait, I think he's just stealing this. I also was a little bit, I pushed out a little bit because I'm like, maybe he has a gun. I don't know. If you're stealing ice cream, I mean, if you have a gun. He's kind of like, I would say he doesn't have a gun because he's being so sneaky. Like, usually a guy yeah. with a gun goes right up to the register, and they don't, they're not there for ice cream, they're for the money. Yeah. And maybe, you know, get a little, whatever's at the front, a little cigarettes or something, or I don't know. Something to but, go. Yeah. I'm, in my mind, I just can't get over the fact you're only buying ice cream. I, I, I picture you having like a, a big thing of spam or oh, ham. No, I had bacon you too. You have some ham or bacon or final... white bread. Okay. It was my final stop. That's a, that makes the visual better. I went to the ham aisle. In the movie, in the scene. Okay. And then bacon, and then the last thing I had to pick up ham, was ice cream. bacon, you ice cream. that last because you don't want to Mayonnaise. Yeah. Oh, that's smart shopping. Yeah. That's the thing. His, this guy, he's not. He's a crook with a, he's like a, a, the movie Speed or something. He's on the clock. He had to get rid he's of it right go away. He's got to go fast. Like, yeah, and if yeah, I'm yeah. a bodega guy, I see that guy, and I'm like, I'm not going to give him a lot of money. No. Because you're like, you, you have no choice. It's going to melt. Exactly. Unless you've got a giant freezer somewhere. It's a it's a buyer's market. Yeah. Is what you're saying. So I don't He's know how much money this guy's making off this uh unless he had like ben a, and Jerry's. a heist freezer down the fridge where they went there and put everything in. Yeah. So so down the street. I wonder if he steals did you ever call anyone call the police? Or so they literally just laughed and then they asked me what does he look like? Right. And then that got uncomfortable because it was all black women and he was a black guy. And I this is like an old <laughs> bit I've seen before, but right. like so I, I wasn't, I had the bit in my head. It was a right. bit from like Amy Schumer's show, but then she stole it from some other show, like Mad TV or something. Right. But it's where like the, a white person's in a department store, they see a robbery, it's a black person, right. and then the, the cash register person's a black person. You have to describe it without saying they're a black person because that's offensive. See, Even I honestly think I don't, I haven't been in a situation. I don't think I would f have a problem if I was, if a black woman, I'd be like, it's a black guy. Well, you that's talk, what I did. I, I have a problem if it's a white woman. Because, like, there was, like, a guy fired recently in our building, which was ridiculous because everyone liked him. Yeah. And I was explaining it to a white woman. I was like, e they got rid of Eddie. He I should, well, I use his real name. He's, they got rid of Eddie. Can you believe it? <laughs> and uh, she's like, Edward, which though. one's Eddie? And I was like, the, the, the lanky guy. Yeah. And I'm like, the, I'm like giving seven, it's like we're playing categories of clues because I didn't want to say the black guy. Yeah. Because I'm like, the white woman's going to be offended somehow. I don't know. Well, though, okay. I, I don't know, but like. It's it. It was easy. It, it was all I had. Like so, all I knew was he was a black guy. Whatever. So that was the first. I, in my head, first thing I was like, well, what do I do? Not say wh what color he is. Yeah. But then I'm like, well, that sounds even more race weird. Right. Every time you watch a, a police show, 
when there's a cr- crime, it's like the one time you're allowed to describe people. You just say it's a black guy. You have to. They need so a sketch. The and also, it's like it goes back to that He's, whole thing where like you had to say you say African American for a while, but now if you say African American, it almost you sound like a racist. It sounds more racist. Yeah, We've yeah, had yeah. this happen on the show when we start talking. I'm like, say an African American. Now I'm sounding like yeah, I'm. Yeah, you eight. sound like a real, <laughs> real. Uh, but also, if you're talking to a black person, I don't know when you would ever say African American. That would be. So anyway, I was just like, it's a black guy. When I said it's a black guy, all three of the women who are all black women, they were like, oh, shit, oh, shit. And they just started yelling, and they're like, fuck that guy. They got super pissed. But did they know him if he comes every year? Yeah, they kind of <laughs> knew, but they didn't. They weren't sure it was the same guy. Oh. And then they were upset because they're like, ah, like he's like the stereotype. He's living out the stereotype. They hated the guy. Right. It was like me going back to last week with Ronnie Chang, or a couple weeks ago with Ronnie Chang, right? When I was upset, like any time a white guy would do something in China, yeah. Everyone would just like come to me and they'd be like, oh, white people do this. I'm like, oh, go fuck yourself. You know? Right. Well, I never stereotype black people as stealing ice cream. That <laughs> yeah, seems like true. every, a- any race can do that just the same. It's not. I a- always say Canadian. If anything, I would, I would stereotype, but that's a white crime. That's a Canadian. Canadian on. crime. It's a very, I don't know. Uh, it, in China, it, what's the crime like? Is this like you've talked about before? There's not a lot of theft, right? I mean, so no, but I feel like this might be one that would bo- would happen there too. Yeah, I, stealing ice cream, I think, is universal. That's universal. Oh, I mean, you had ice cream stolen from you, I guess, so you can. Yeah, I mean, I did. I had it. Yeah, right up the. Yeah, truck. I would think as like you would have just jumped into action as like someone who's had this feeling. I just didn't believe it with my eyes. I yeah. didn't believe it was actually happening as it was happening. If it happens again, I know the t- I know the signs now. Yeah, and I, I feel like down. you could get away. Even if you go too far and like beat the crap out of the guy or something, I think you would get a you you could get off on like emotional distress of having ice cream stolen from you in the past. Yeah, I'm just giving you a little tip. I think the big lesson here lo- is I need to get a gun. Or become a vigilante. Start a vigilante group in this neighborhood of yours. Yeah, exactly. Because your neighborhood, I don't know what Long Island City. Let me tell you, <laughs> yeah. we our ice cream people feel very safe. I live bodegas. on the main streets our, of ice cream. Our supermarkets have, are, are just very secure. You could shop there very, very easily. Not All right. Well, maybe I'll have to move. Yeah. Although I'm thinking about it now, putting ideas in my head, billion dollar ideas. Yeah. The ice cream in the Long Island City thing is right by the exit. You don't need to go to the back door. It's like right by the exit. And the people who work at this supermarket, they do not pay attention not to anything. Paying. So maybe this, maybe you can do this now. I could do this. You I get a bag. Ice cream feed. Maybe I'll use Teddy to do a little diversion action. There you go. You know, two man job. A little two man job. <laughs> yeah. And then when someone describes it, I'll make them feel. They'll have no problem saying it was a white guy. Be the next Oceans Two. Oceans. <laughs> you and Teddy. <laughs> Oh, steal ice cream. Yeah, and I'll have pancakes outside as lookout and ready to attack anyone. There you go. Here. Ocean's two and a half. All right, should we get to Ents? <laughs> they're, they're our sponsor again, right? We're Ants back. Is Another back. year. Yes. They signed back up for one. They said one more year. They'll give us one more year to straighten things out. That's good because I made my New Year's. One of my other New Year's resolutions is I'm going to be Ensing way more for the fans. There we go. Nice. So I'm at Lost in America. I should do that too. Yeah, and I'm, I'm Ensing things. I'm Ensing conversations with Teddy about Russia. I'm Ensing. Randy was yelling at me about the mustache, how I had like a vagina on my lips, <laughs> and how I let, how I basically I was banished to the couch because of it. So I oh, ended wow. that, and then I shaved it off because I don't want to sleep on the couch. I have a nice bed. All so, right. What? Oh, also the America's Got Talent thing. That's over. That's over. I hope but you guys. Good luck to so everyone. We got people back to the old way. People are inting us in questions. Yeah, we got more a lo- comments. We got a producer going through them. We got Bowie behind the glass. She's <laughs> over there working hard. Yeah. She's getting his answers. She's calling, bringing him in. So let's go. So uh, let's go. Let's, let's kick it off. Kick off the new year. With this our, is a great one. This, uh, I think I, I don't know her name, but she went to a Chinese restaurant. So I'm having an early dinner with my mom at a Chinese restaurant, and I thought it'd be really fun for you guys to know that when you typically go to a Chinese restaurant, the waiters will always call you Lang Dai, which means young man. I mean, no, it means handsome man or Lang Loi, like beautiful girl. So either, even if you're not, you know. 
conventionally attractive, they'll still call you that. And I always thought it was a very nice gesture of our culture is to call everybody like, hey, good looking, but in a very non-sexual way. All right, Cap, here's what I have to say. First of all, I don't know she's speaking. I think she must be either speaking Cantonese or some other dialect of Chinese that I don't know, because that's not Mandarin. Right. I agree with what she's saying, Chow. Chow, I agree with you. I agree with that is true that when you go to restaurants, they will call you like handsome boy <laughs> or boy. yeah, when they, sometimes they'll do it in English, at least in China, in English, they'll be like, ooh, handsome boy. Because they'll, tr- they'll like specifically translate, but like a guy will call you that. It feels really gay. Anybody like you, a four hundred pound, bald dude? They walk in, they call you handsome boy. Probably not. I don't <laughs> think she said it's hundred percent. I assume like if you're like you have to w- be women. somewhat like relatively attractive. Yeah. Uh, you can't you can't have a third eye growing out of your head and like oh handsome boy. I think she's being a little modest. She's like maybe she's being yeah, modest. She isn't yeah. But and then but I but I will say that if like Maynu is in Ma- Mandarin, like Maynu is like oh beautiful like young girl, beautiful girl. It, it is. She's saying it's like non-sexual. I disagree. It's uh, it's like old pervs do it a lot. <laughs> it's a like, little ah, little little uh, little girl, come over here. Yeah, oh, this, this would not fly in the current climate in America. No, very, it has a Harvey Weinstein <laughs> uh, bend to it, definitely. Hey, young girl. Because you could also say waiter. You could say fuyuan, which just means waiter. Uh-huh. And now uh, all young people in China will just say waiter. But if like the older like dirtbags be like, hey, little girl, come here. That's hey. what they say for the word for waitress. What? That's what it's for waitress, you mean? Waiter, waitress. Yeah, yeah. either one. Yeah, yeah, it's the same. But then on the, in the flip side, the waiter, the waiter will call, if you're a young girl or a girl, he'll call you. Maynu. Maynu. Which is like beautiful girl, little girl. Oh, but yeah. also, it is, there's a little bit of section. There's right. a section. Bringing to this thing, when it's translated to little, it just sounds so creepy. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, Maynu. I guess it doesn't mean. It means beautiful girl. Beautiful girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, handsome. hey, they work on tips. Or do they, actually, they don't, but. One last thing that's odd about it is the, um, Beautiful, like I've had, like guys will call me like, oh, shwaiga, shwaiga, which means like handsome guy or handsome boy or whatever. <laughs> and it just feels, it feels a little gross. Yeah, I, would I walk, don't like. I would walk out and leave. Yeah, I might do it. And the first year I was there, I remember we watched the um, the World Cup was on. And anytime, it's like a bar full of dudes, Chinese dudes, all drinking beer, uh, getting drunk. And then anytime like Beckham would come on, they would all go, handsome boy, handsome boy, <laughs> handsome boy. In English? Yeah, in English, like 300 guys or Chinese, but they see you, they like do it in English trying to impress you. <laughs> it just shit. felt really, I, don't, I didn't like it. I, I mean, felt like that was my Me Too moment. That's a good way to cut down a hooliganism, though, in soccer. I don't think that you'd be fighting in England if everyone just cheered, their cheers were about how handsome the boys were. I guess that's true. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be All right. I see Jonah Kessel's here. He's ready. He's, he's ready. He's, get him in? he's ready to get in and, uh, and enlighten us. All right, get on in here. <laughs> We're back with our guest Jonah Kessel. Jonah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Of the family, this is uh, this is your second, the second Kessel we've had on the pod. Yeah, we, we're racking up Kessels. We we've had, had the white, we've uh, rent. and we've also had uh, my father-in-law wrote a wrote some fan mail once. JB Kessel, oh, there shout you out. Go. Is that <laughs> so, your relation? How are you related to Kaplan? So my father's brother is Michael's wife's daughter. Jesus Christ. Some, uh, so you're not uh, in any way. We're not related. Oh we're like, yeah, I uh, see. Married He's related to Randy. You know, I married Randy. We're not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're I don't know what it's like in China, but in America, <laughs> it's frowned upon. Generally, we'll get to that. Well, you lived in China, right? I did live in China. 
But You're a writer. I mean, sorry, a photographer. Wait, what is it? Are you a photographer or um, so, videographer? So I'm a, I'm a videographer, a video journalist, but um, I come from a still background. So at times I took photos for the paper, but um, my main role and my complete role at this point is in video. Okay. Photos are dead. Yeah. Photos Photo are- is, I mean, everyone has an iPhone now. Yeah. Is it the most annoying? I was saying this to Kaplan earlier. That like I think like stand up comedy and I would imagine photography are the two fields that are the height of annoyingness in the sense that everyone they're like what do you do like I'm a photographer oh I love taking pictures or like comedian comedy they're like I I always thought I could be a comedian like does everyone think they can be a photographer yes but I didn't know people thought that about comedy like <laughs> oh really like I was looking at some of your guests I was like oh there's a lot of comedians on here like what am I doing here I'm not I'm not, I'm, I'm not funny <laughs> nah they're not either then they were yeah they weren't so great we were comics aren't that funny everyone thinks they can do comedy everyone like people come up to me all the time and they're like oh or it's like Oh, Barb at the office. She's hilarious. <laughs> I always tell her she should do comedy. Do people or, come? Do they try to give you bits? Oh yeah, that happens. Oh, so, oh you don't have any. Oh. You I think we it. get a similar thing where people are like, "I got a story for you. You got to do this. This is this is going to be good." And then they tell you something super relevant to their life. Yeah, that is like probably small local scale. And you're like, "Yeah, that's really too bad that you know the dog died, but <laughs> uh, whatever whatever the the punchline is." But <laughs> yeah. So with everyone doing, because like everyone set, thinks they're a photographer, how do you go from just like a dude who is has a camera to working for the New York Times? How does that happen? Uh, not in a simple way. Not in, in a linear fashion. <laughs> not, not in a linear way. I, I've never done things in, in I don't know if anybody does things in normal ways, actually. But like how I got where I am, the yeah. path was like very skewed and involved a lot of travel. So what happened? Um, What'd you do? So... When I, le- I grew up in Vermont um, in the 80s and 90s. When I left Vermont at th- in the late 90s, I went to New Orleans, went yeah. to school down there, and uh, I went for a couple years before I dropped out, and then I started to travel and take pictures. And so at that point, I must have been about 20, I traveled for about four years taking pictures um, and like learning that I like taking pictures, really. But you know, there was no Instagram or anywhere to post them. So. That was, no. there was probably, <laughs> were there blogs? <laughs> Like, now this is still pre. Blog? This is this was still pre-blog. Yeah. This is this was really. You so know. what did you do with the pictures? I mean, I tried to like sell them. I showed my people I knew. It, I wasn't successful at it. But what I did do eventually was go back and study journalism. So, went to school, studied music, dropped out, traveled for a long time, took pictures, mostly in this country. Um, okay. Visited like, I think at that time maybe forty-five states in that period. Wow. And um, and then went to journalism school though and studied visual journalism. Where did you go to school? St. Mike's, okay. St. Michael's College in Vermont. It's outside of Burlington. And uh, so anyway, from there, though, I started to travel more. Um, I went and studied in New Zealand, and then I went and studied in Australia. And then I got back to Vermont, finished up my degree, and then I really started working at, the, at that point. Um, first for small little papers, like local papers. Okay, so you got a job as a photographer for a paper. I was freelancing, not at, at first, for oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you, it's you see be, a photo, you take you go to an event or something, you take a photo, maybe they put it in or no, so. more more like assignment wise. Like yeah. they would, it started because um, I was working for my college paper, in in the t- same town. The as Saint like, Mike's Times. Uh, it was called the Saint Mike's <laughs> Defender. That's it's, it mean. still yeah. is. Right. <laughs> and uh, got to defend. Uh, yeah, Burlington. Defend, defend freedom. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, All those people trying to take over. So a photo editor at the paper needed something done, and I was totally happy to do it for like a hundred bucks or whatever I got paid at the time. It was probably like a hundred bucks or seventy five bucks. Yeah. And, and it just, you know, started rolling from there. But that was, like, small metro stuff, um, like, small community newspapers and metro stuff. And I did that for, like, freelancing, and eventually I started getting jobs. But 
it was like, it was tough. Just for the same reason you said that everybody thinks they're a photographer. Yeah. There are a shitload of photographers out there. I can imagine. And a lot of good ones. Yeah. Um, and so when I first started applying to newspapers, because I really wanted to be in newspapers, I would get job offers once in a while in really bad places. Like, it would be like, <laughs> congratulations, we'd like to offer you this job in, like, I don't know, North Dakota, and we're, we're willing to pay you $22,000 a year or something like Yeah. That goes far in North Dakota. You'd be one of the richest people in the town. That's true. You'd be like the king of North Dakota. <laughs> Were you? Wow. Okay. And so then you just work your way up to eventually so I, the New York Times and then like go to China? Um, <laughs> there, there, there's actually a lot of steps in between those two things. Yeah. But um, I mean, eventually what happened, which changed my life, was technology changed photography, right? Like in 2009, all these HDSLRs started taking shooting video. And I wasn't that interested in it before. Mostly because I didn't want to like haul around all this gear, but at that point when technology made it possible to shoot really high quality video with the same tool that I was already really familiar with, then I got super super geeky about it and super interested, and then went down like you know a, what's now a ten year rabbit hole of studying filmmaking. Um, and in that time, video for publications has changed tremendously. Um, was the Times the first place you did video, or? Mm-mm. No. Um, when I started doing it, I was in China. So I, I went to China in 2009. I started working for the Times in 2011. Which publication was it for? China Daily. You worked for the China Daily. Oh, we, we, the all, oh. we refer to them a lot on this pod, don't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, no, we didn't get called that by... Who did we get called out by? Or I got called out recently. Was it the China Daily? No, it was the other one. Global uh, Times. Which one? Global, Global Times. Times. The Global Times like ripped me. on a, vi- a YouTube video, <laughs> yeah. a viral YouTube video he was in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They called like a lot. It was pretty bad. But uh, <laughs> So I don't always like admit this to people. Like Now I'm saying it and it's being recorded for prosperity. But like when I, when I usually talk about like my history of like journalism, I sometimes leave out the China Daily part. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's not that I um, am embarrassed by it, but like I didn't, it ended up being a really good education in Chinese media, which I didn't know anything about in advance of going to China. I mean, sure. I, I had no interest in China. I had an interest in everywhere. Okay. I wanted to go everywhere, but I didn't really, it wasn't like dying to go to China. It was just an opportunity and it was like better than, I thought it was better than what I was doing. Yeah. Um, did you they, did you feel like, why you remember, like you felt like a shill? No, no. Just years later after knowing so much about China <laughs> and like reporting there in a more serious way for, for many years after that, um, thinking that that's how I got involved and knowing how the expats are involved with state media in China is like totally fascinating and totally horrifying. Well, why? Because I actually, for a brief time, also worked at the Suzhou Daily. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which was a very lo- local version. It was a Sacramento Bee to the... You were the, you were the Marty McNeil of the... <laughs> I was the Marty <laughs> McNeil of China. But I would have... Um, once a month, they would have these retreats, and in quotations, retreats. They'd have to go to a meeting, basically, and all it meant, I was the only foreigner in the whole place. Oh, boy. And all it meant was that everyone went except me. They were literally retreating from me <laughs> once a month to go uh, talk, and then they would get pit, like told what they're allowed to talk about, what they're not allowed to talk about. Like, right. this month, we're pushing this, like, the, whatever it is. It was the economy all the time so and how bad J- Japanese people are. So you just, like, showed up at work one day and, and, and that, that day and no one was there? Right. They would tell me. They're like, <laughs> oh, we're going on a retreat. You can't come. <laughs> so we'll see you tomorrow. Whatever. Like, day off today. That's you amazing. Yeah. yeah. So was it like, like that for you? Uh, no, it was a massive operation. I mean, there was, like, yeah. I think, uh, I, I'm guessing many, many hundreds. I don't know how many people were working there, but I would say even at least a hundred expats. Wow, really? I mean, it was like... This a, was in Beijing. Yeah, it was a factory. And it was like a... Fa- and like, especially at the time, they were like newspaper industry in America was super hurt. People were getting laid off like crazy. And the Chinese government was like, 
Just hiring. scooping these people up. Scooping and, all the yeah. best talent up. And, and just forcing them to say what they... Mostly to copy edit. Like, I'm in visual journalism. That's so what I, I was doing. Right. Mo- that's what most copy foreigners in, chi- in journalism and state media in China do, is, is like, polishing, right? Yeah, so you, someone else writes a story, you take it, which was almost impossible. It was, like, mind-numbingly. I would, I, a lot but, of times, I was like, can I just get rid of this and just rewrite the Because they would, they would write in English. This is for an English newspaper. A Chinese person writing in English, right. terrible English, and you would have to go through and correct every line, every sentence. And half the times, like sentences were just lifted right out of Wikipedia. Oh, it was, and a, it was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot of plagiarism. I mean, it, so the visual stuff would be yeah, uh, higher so quality, I guess. Because uh, so I was involved in photography and in design, and um, it was uh, mostly in the office. But I did some field reporting, and after a year, I learned what was kind of going on. Um, what was going on? I mean, what's going on with state media is the soft power of the Chinese government. And, um, I mean, it's really kind of, it's the mouthpiece, right? It's like their, their version of the truth, if you will. And it's like, it's pretty disturbing. Um, in the same way that our truths here now are disturbing. I was going to say, yeah. Um, I mean, it's really, it's really disturbing when you see propaganda at work and how it's working. So I got the very low level and people are like writing these bullshit, like I don't say bullshit, but like a lot of these kind of like daily articles that are going in and out about whatever, um, some cultural things. It's, it's, it's not a big deal. Yeah, like a local, like a new restaurant opens. New, new restaurant opens <laughs> or up, like, or a play's coming on. They want to do a review. Fine, whatever. That's kind of they had me doing that too. <laughs> yeah. like just a band, a local band's coming. Like non-political things, yeah. right? But in, on the political sphere and the economic sphere and human rights, um, and technology and all these things that are actually like critically important, not just in China but outside of China, um, you're just hearing this this version, which is not necessarily accurate. And you know, I kind of you know, somehow, like, idealistically subscribe to this idea about truth, you know, that that's what we are supposed to be doing, right, as journalists. It's, it's like, all we're after is the truth. Um, and then, of course, making people care about that truth. Yeah, I felt like they're, they, the people I knew who worked in, at, this, at the Sujo Daily felt like their job, because I was a journalism major as well in mm-hmm. college, and I went straight over there and did that, and I had the same thing. In college, they tell you, like, it's really idealistic, right? Yeah. You know the truth. Right. You get there, they're, they didn't think of themselves as someone for the truth. They, right. they don't think of journalism the same way. Not they at all. They think yeah. of themselves as being like a patriot. Right. Like, yeah. almost like a soldier would be. Yeah. Like, yeah. a soldier's like, I'm fighting for my country. Right. They're almost like, I'm right. helping my country. The and Trump definition of journalism. Exactly. And it's, like, <laughs> and it's PR, right? Like, yeah. they, they think of themselves as, like, as PR agents of whatever they're reporting on. Yeah. Um, and that's why, the, I mean, there's beyond like the truth factor, there's all these other <laughs> things like money involved and kickbacks. I mean, I remember when I was at China Daily, all of a sudden we started having all of these ads for Audi, like these huge full page ads. And then all of a sudden everyone was driving Audis. And I was like, really? Yeah. And I was like, I didn't get this it. Is, this is, <laughs> no, me neither. But like, <laughs> yeah. I was watching like these like kind yep. of executive types. They all end up. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that's, the, that's the, the car of the party, right? Right. Oh, it is? The, yeah, yeah, they all have Audis. A6 yeah, you're right. Is, A6. Everybody has an A6. Oh, I, didn't, oh. I never thought that's, about it. But that's a great that's advertisement true. for China. That's a nice car. Yeah. The party's on. What's the car of the parties uh, in America? It's What's party that? time. <laughs> I think we drive like Lincolns. And, yeah. I, don't I don't know. What was Kennedy in? I can't remember. Oh, that's not a good <laughs> advertisement. <laughs> but, uh, that was a Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so like, but being in, inside that building for a year was super interesting. And I mean, I did get to see propaganda at work. I got to see these memos that kind of came down when news events happened. Like, I remember when the riots in Xinjiang happened in 2009, and they shut off internet to, like, part of the country because... They I did. remember that. And they were did like... Did you lose your internet? I didn't live in Xinjiang. Oh. Xinjiang was, like, way western China. Okay. It's where the Muslims are. The Uyghurs, we've talked about on the, the Uyghurs. podcast. They lived out there, and they still do. They were riding? Who was riding? They were. They were, okay. They were yeah. not happy with the way... The so you were just they, not supposed to write about they, it they're at still all? not happy. Yeah. But yeah, so what did they tell you to do? They, they said that this... They, 
this was not supposed to be reported about, and this we couldn't you couldn't talk about this these articles, and then there was like these mass emails that went out to everybody, and like you could see the machine, the propaganda machine at work. Yeah, because um, I mean, it makes such sense because like even in America or anywhere with there's slight biases, right wing, left wing, whatever, it's always like the omission is really the real bias of things you just don't report on, and then. In a, in a country where it's actual propaganda news organization, I can imagine they're just like, they let's talk about a play today instead of uh, Turner, Turner's on the... Uh, Actually, th- that's it, but that's awesome is to see what they do report yeah. on that day. Like, yeah. So what, what'd you think? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean the thing now... I mean, that was, so anyway, that was like my education in authoritarian just propaganda. One more thing on that. I feel like that happens here as now, right? Maybe it always happened here, but it's you can, like just pick any day of the week and go on CNN.com and then go on FoxNews.com. Right, but that's what I'm saying. But those are not... Those are they have their slants and they might choose to not report on certain things or play down certain things maybe but it's well, different because it's not coming from the state yeah but it's coming from money they're right, doing right. it it's more money versus, they're yeah. each to pick their side and it's bet they can make more money that well way. their audiences right they're, yeah. they're, yeah. they're can they're pandering to their audiences and people are in these echo chambers of their own ideas already yeah. and so if you watch CNN or you watch Fox you're just hearing what you want to hear i think totally and it's it's really disturbing and really bad and so it's why we shouldn't only watch one news source or read one news source but uh, especially right now, I feel like with things so, you know, polarized, it's really interesting when something happens to turn on all these channels and look at what, and look how they're all. I try to do the same. I try to do like a little of everything. A potpourri. A potpourri. <laughs> you would say. Uh, so was there? Well, newspapers only read the Times. Let's just click. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a couple. There's a few others. Was there anything positive about the the China Daily thing? Yeah, I mean the fact that I got to l- learn in, so much about how the propaganda was working in English media was a really powerful learning tool and it gave me kind of the groundwork to exist in China after because so I came in with that contract I did it for a year and then I went to freelancing um you stayed in China I stayed I didn't leave yeah because yeah. by the time I left after that first year I was it was still super fun it was still yeah. and all that propaganda seeps in a little bit you're like <laughs> I love this country <laughs> <laughs> yeah why did you decide to stay I mean it was it was like going to college for the first time or something like back then and so it was 2009 I was 29 and I was living in, like, uh, the old part of Beijing in the Hutongs. We lived in these courtyards, and, like, there was music every night and drinking, and it was, like, there was so much opportunity, so much work, so many jobs. Like, it was easy to sell photos, and then camera technology was changing, and I was getting into video. Um, and so all these Western publications wanted content out of China, there w- and it was relatively easy compared to freelancing in America, which I'd also sure. done. And 2009 especially. Yeah. Here was nothing. Did you feel like... It's, I always felt like China was really addictive in the sense that you felt like if you left, you were missing, you were going to miss out on something that everyone else, like, it was like the market was just soaring. Well, right. You're like, if I take off, like, everyone else I know is going to be, like, get huge, and I'm not, because <laughs> I won't be there. That, so that buzz, that, like, kind of, like, you can succeed here buzz. Yeah. And, like, kind of bypass a lot of the kind of rings in the ladder that you might have to take otherwise was still there. Yep. I don't, I don't feel like that's the case anymore. No, it's why we're all here. Yeah, right. <laughs> all of our guests have come home. That's why everyone's... So we can do a podcast every week with I people mean, who used to live there. The, the, ex- <laughs> the exodus from China in the journalist community is incredible. Is it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's really bad, actually. Like, the amount of information coming out of China is not what it used to be, in my opinion. And by used to be, I mean just a couple of years ago. But a lot of people left. People got sick of the pollution and since she, since the Xi era started, it's been way more difficult to report there. Yeah. Um, so, um, so you decided to stay. So yeah, so I stayed, and I was freelancing for a couple of years, and then I started freelancing for the Times, and that's how I started with the Times. So like, in my time, in my tenure at the Times, 
I was a freelancer, and then I was freelancing so much that I got a contract, and then I joined the International New York Times, and then the New York Times. Um, so, you know, even that path right there, it wasn't, it was, it was a slow path to 8th Avenue here. So then, all right, so, so North Korea. That's what I was, we were just watching your North Korea videos. This is insane to me. Yeah, you've been to North Korea. You, you've been, you're the only person I've ever met. <laughs> you might be the only person I've met my whole life who's been to North Korea. I don't want to go. I have a whole bit about it. I do on stage. It's like death. It's automatic death if you go to North Korea, except for somehow. Well, you were really, and you yeah, were really close skiing, right? You were like on a mountain. My wife took me skiing, and she <coughs> tell me that the, the mountain was on the border of North Korea. Oh yeah, that mountain's supposed to be nice. It was very nice, <laughs> but it was also very dangerous. I could have hit a hit a jump and flew into North Korea. Yeah, at the top of that mountain, there's like this big crater. Yes. And people like hike around, but sometimes there's like soldiers on one side and they're just like kind of. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's right. Wait. That would definitely happen to me. I get lost all the time. <laughs> yeah, it'd be you. great for the pod. <laughs> but it's one of those places you're really supposed to stay on the path. You know? Yeah, don't go. I like to go out of bounds skiing. Yeah. So Feel when good. did you go to North Korea? So I was in North Korea. My timeline is really hard to think about. Like a few months ago? Uh, yeah, a couple weeks ago. A couple uh, weeks ago. Mo- a month no, ago. it was a couple months ago. A couple months ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Recently. Dude, what did like they do to your brain while you're there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the pro- a chip the, out? The, the problem is like sometimes traveling a lot, like, it screws up your timeline. Did I don't you, know if you tell get your family you were going? Um, I would not have. I didn't tell my parents. <laughs> I didn't tell my parents I was going to the border town. <laughs> yeah, I don't tell my parents anything after it's happened. That'd be amazing. Yeah. You yeah. tell me you're in North, North Korea. No, I don't. I didn't tell them I was going, but they found out somehow. I think my mom was on like Find My Friends, and then she saw that I was in <laughs> Beijing, and then and then it like disappeared, and <laughs> because you know, there's no just, yeah, North you don't, Korea. You don't, you don't have service like you would, you know, no Wi-Fi. Um, <laughs> we didn't Wi-Fi. have first question. We got from North Korea. The first question. <laughs> they have Wi-Fi. Do they have How's the Wi-Fi? How's the Wi-Fi? The worst podcast. The, the, the answer is no. In yeah. the in in the place we were put in, there dial was, up. There, there was no, not dial, but there was a plug, like a like a whatever the Ethernet plug. <laughs> Ethernet. Oh, yeah, Ethernet. And of course, I'm like a dorm room in well, 1999. Right, and of Tell course, I have like a, uh, a new MacBook Pro with not even like a. I mean, it's like they have USB C now. They don't definitely know don't know how to use a Mac in North Korea. <laughs> that seems like the least Mac. If like California is the most Mac play, like the least Mac place has to be North Korea. They're very PC. They gotta be, yeah. Yeah. It it, uh, it was not the easiest place to communicate in. So wait, okay. So why would you go there first of all? Uh, so we went to go report on nuclear war and um, <laughs> heard of it. Whoa! And this is as it was ramping up, like a month or two ago, whatever that was. It was bad. It was yeah, right, right, right when we got right. there, there were these anti-American protests, these huge anti-American protests, like the day before we got there, and we saw all these pictures of like thousands of people marching in the street. And um, did you and the Rocket Man? Did you see the Rocket Man? Yeah, it was. It was right. <laughs> that's what they call. It was, that's what Trump calls uh, Kim Jong Un. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was right after Trump said his UN speech, actually. In the UN, where he's like, we will have to totally destroy North Korea. And you were already planning on going there? Yeah. At that point, you weren't like, now, okay. What oh, if he no. destroyed him while you were there? That'd be rough. Yeah, that was one of my fears. Yeah. Was it? Well, yeah. I mean, if, if you don't have fears going someplace like that, I mean, you probably shouldn't be going. But, yeah, you're right. Um, but, like, m- my worries, my main worries were, am I going to be there and see something by mistake? And yes. that'll fuck me? Like, Yeah, like, what about that kid? Right, like Ottawa right. and Beer. So, like, but, but I'm... I'm not going to steal something. I'm, I know I can control myself. You know? Right, you're not going to put down. Right, but yeah. I could um, I could imagine a situation where something else happens. Like, a def- let's say a defector wants to defect right when I'm there with the camera on and I'm at the border, um, and I caught it, that would probably be really problematic for me. Yeah. Or if some U.S. Mil- or some other military conflict started, um, 
Clearly, the U.S. government knew we were there. They gave us permission to be there. Yeah, but Trump did. did. I would. I would think if Trump knew the New York Times was there, he'd be more likely to start a war now. (laughs) Well, how did that? How did that work? What was the process of like? Did North Korea? They had to accept you to come as well, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, we were invited. Um, They invited you to come. Yeah, but that wasn't the first time they invited me. It was the first time they let me in, but it's not the first time they invited me. I mean, I've tried to go. I think. I think that was like my seventh or eighth time. Well, they've invited you, and then they don't. Then they turn you down. It's yeah, like it's it was like a couple years ago. They invited me to like a film festival. <laughs> or it was a marathon. I remember it was one of them, and I was like, "Cool, invitation, to North Korea." And I was like, I'll, "I applied," and they're like, "You know, don't worry, the application is going to be accepted. Just buy a plane ticket." I buy a plane ticket, and then they're like, "Sorry, you've been rejected." I'm like, "You invited what do you mean, me like at the gate?" No, like on when the you get phone. Th- on the, oh, pre-buy. And they knew you because of your New York Times affiliation. Yeah. Okay. Just so then this disaster. time, so you get a visa. So you get a visa? Or does that, yeah. What is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this, so how? Because right now Americans are are banned from going there. Yeah. So we had to apply for permission from the government. They had to issue us one-time use passports. Um, so we had to go get another passport. And then to get a visa for North Korea, you can only do it in China. So you had to go back to Beijing. Um, you know, you go to the embassy by like the Russia area over there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that yeah, part yeah, of yeah. Beijing. Um, the Russia, there's a Russian part of Beijing. Oh yeah, oh. Russian neighborhood. There's this, there's this bar over there, chocolate. I don't know if you ever went to that place. <laughs> I didn't live in Beijing. Oh man, we didn't get many Russians down in Shanghai, but you guys had them up north. Yeah, we had a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. There's like these big fur markets, and like uh, there was this uh, really famous bar. It's still there called Chocolate, and there's like this uh, at the it's underground, and like there's this little person. Okay. At the top of the staircase, like smoking cigars, waiting. <laughs> Sounds like, awesome. And then you get in there, and there's this like weird Mongolian prostitutes, and like there's it's not like a sex show, but like some weird like I don't know. There's a lot of creepy I guys. Definitely not. It sounds like yeah. the best place in China. Hey, Why have we not talked about this? It was like it was a scene. Anyway, a lot of weird stuff going on there. All right. The Russians. It's amazing are... you made it to North Korea. Have you stopped there? First? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the North Korean embassy is like across <laughs> the street chocolate. from that place. Shout out to so um, North is yeah, right. and so you're just you're you're kind of getting extorted along the way, like they invite you and then they keep charging you for like I think we got charged for a visa here, we got charged for another visa over there. I mean, like there's like mm. a lot of a lot of fees going on. And then on. you fly in and you land where? So then you f- yes, yeah, so and then you like fly you somewhere. have to fly from Beijing in like an old Russian plane. And really? Up, yeah, and you end up in Pyongyang. And um, what's the literature like on that plane? Is it like <laughs> they did have the Pyongyang Daily, which is oh. the English language uh, state <laughs> media thing? Oh wow! And I was looking at it and I was like. I, I understand this, except for it's a little different there. They don't have expats copy editing the, right. the thing. Yeah, they, they, they it probably makes the China Daily seem like the New York Times. I mean, their English was really was pretty, pretty good. I, yeah. I mean, I, I still have a copy. I don't, I don't. I think it might have been flawless. I'm not sure. Wow. Um, well, I just meant like propaganda wise. Is it just like? What uh, do they think they're accomplishing with that daily, though? Are they going to like, like, oh, if we put it in English, then the rest of the world will believe us that we're the well, best. Well, no, I mean one. it's interesting. So like, there's propaganda, and then there's propaganda, and so like. The government, the, the North Korean government, sends out some propaganda to us that we read. Then they send a different propaganda out to their people. Right. Yeah. And then we have our thing. Like, a, I think people have this misconception that what they print for us is what they tell their people or what they tell their It's There's all these different levels. Two of, different things. Right. Didn't they tell their people there was a whole thing where like they, they won the World Cup? I was going to say, they told them they won <laughs> the World Cup. There's a million things. They, they, they mean, had a big celebration. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of really crazy things that are being taught to North Koreans, including that, like, human civilization started in North Korea, or that Kim Jong-il once hit a bullseye. Like, there's all these, like... F- like I love that support. He had 11-hole-in-ones like, by the time he was, like, seven or something there's like that. All, there's all these, like, ridiculous <laughs> fables and scientifically <laughs> incorrect stories that everybody there is being taught. And do you think yeah. they believe them? Or you that's the... That, I mean, that's the, the million-dollar question, is yeah. how people actually... I mean, if they taught that their whole lives, yeah. and they don't yeah. know anything else, they probably... 
Well, not necessarily. I don't know. That's just one thing, at least with China, that there's all this thing like, do you know that Chinese people don't know about this and don't know about this? But actually, if you just know Chinese people, right. they do know about stuff. Yeah. It's a little felt exaggerated. That's my question with North Korea. There, I mean, there was one, like, here's one anecdote, and I thought this was really interesting because most people we talked to, everybody we talked to was very unified. No one, no one dissented, even a, even a fraction of it. They America. all hate America, right? They all hate America. They're will, they're, they want to say all these horrible things about us. Um, and they have their own version of, of history. They won the Korean War, for example. Wow. Um, that's, that, that's, you know, what they've been I've had Chinese people tell me that. But everybody was so, is very confident. But you don't know if they're actually confident or they're too scared to say anything to right. us. Like, they're, they're totally not, they, they know that saying something to us could endanger them. Um, and we're only, obviously, being allowed to talk to a very small <coughs> subset of people. It's not... It's not like we can just... You can just pick a random person off the street. You can we, can, we, no. cannot, we, cannot, yeah. we cannot pick <laughs> random people off the street. I mean, there's a couple things that were really pretty spooky that... Where I was like, is this for real? Like, um, And, and there, so there's a lot of things. You don't know what's being staged. Um, and you're being shown very specific things. What's the spookiest thing? There's <laughs> there, there a lot of things. But let me finish this one story okay. first oh, about, about this... Um, about what people think, right? Um, so everyone was like super in line and like way on point. And then we were talking to these students at one point, and we, they're all standing in this room, and we're like, okay, who here has heard of Beyonce? Nothing. The Beatles? Nothing. Uh, Facebook. And then no one says anything except for one kid kind of like looks at another kid, and I saw their eyes kind of like connect, and the kid was like, <laughs> well, I don't know. In some of our software, I see this like button, and I see Facebook, but I don't, it doesn't do anything. What is it? And I'm like, huh. Wow. <laughs> because that means the kid has seen because some of their software that they're obviously pirating and it's like modern and enabled for a Facebook social whatever activity. They, they, some kid saw Facebook, saw a like button and noticed it didn't work and has thought, has obviously previously thought about what that button is supposed to be doing. Yeah. So I do think that there's a, you know, a, smart, yeah, a smart person would be critical of, of what they're being told to a certain extent. That being said, the propaganda effort internally is super, super spooky and super serious. Like if you grew up where you have a speaker in your house and that speaker is sending out a message, you know, this like Big Brother type of thing, and then you're going to work on your or school on the bus, the bus has a speaker giving you the information they want you to hear. And then you get to school, you study, then you finish school, and even after you finish school, you still have to study two hours a day and six hours on Sundays. So like this, this indoctrination is lifelong um and they're being told all these you know these things that just aren't true um and so a certain part of that population probably does believe all of that stuff six hours on sundays and you uh, it's the worst thing i've ever heard about north korea is you have to study six hours on a sunday i like how we're all That's like they, they get forced to have speakers in their house everyone now in america is just like buying these alexa, alexa things. things yeah we we're basically we're all like doing it voluntarily <laughs> yeah like putting all this in our lives amazon should work out a deal with north korea meanwhile they're all listening everyone's just, listening. just imagine if alexa was telling you what to do though this is yeah, the that's difference. the next step like, we'll, we'll be soon yeah Wait, so did um did, and they, are they told what are, what are their impressions of America? Like did you ask him what do you think? Like yeah, we asked beyond everyone the fact we that met, they hate us. We always we always yeah. ask everyone, what do you think of Americans or and most people's gut reaction is oh those American bastards, why yeah. are you always trying to kill us? Okay. Cuz they they're, they're they being only told knew, that we're trying to kill if them. They only knew Beyoncé. Yeah. <laughs> would change everything. Yeah. Wait, but are they told that we're really poor or we're rich or we're stupid or we're lazy or like what in that sense? You I, know? I think they're taught that we're lazy and stupid, mm. that we Fair. don't have good values. Fair. Um, I mean, little things that you wouldn't think about, like jeans. Yeah. 
not not so kosher there. Why don't they like jeans? It's American. My dad doesn't like jeans. Uh, I no, you, you can not like jeans, but to think that you wearing can't. jeans is like immoral or something is yeah. like. What about their friends, the Russians? The Russians love Levi's. <laughs> <laughs> I think like young Russians love Levi's, just like young Chinese people. But like, if you grew up in like this communist mindset, and that's the thing, it's still real there. Um, well, it's right. like it's authoritarian. Right. Author- authoritarian. It's not even it's like yeah, it's like well, it's authoritarianism, but it's it's communism in the sense like, for example, we went to a factory, and it was a real like Don Wei, like uh, the workplace where every so your whole entire existence surrounds your workplace. Like your kids go to school at your work, you s- exercise at your work, you eat in a communal room with your coworkers. Very efficient. Wow. Your your dorm is in. I mean, it's like Google. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they want to have everything on yeah. campus? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like Google. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and so. You know, are you wa- allowed to date your coworkers in North Korea? Yeah, actually, we were asking about dating a lot. To... Yeah, we were told that there, there was a p- bunch of funny stuff about dating, and then none of this ever makes it into the films. You know, we make like this is like well, that's what this is bonus. Yeah, yeah this is yeah, bonus. This is, like that's the thing. Like we're talking about nuclear war all the time, but like some of these interesting things. Like, I'm about, much more interested in North Korean dating. <laughs> this is I, a dating podcast. We were asking about gay people and about oh God. and about no chance. They're, they're like there's there is no gay people in North Korea. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I'm like they've solved that. And and, 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 to, and to hear how frankly they spoke about it was was pretty amazing, and especially because the people we're talking to, right? So we're transgender there. or no? <laughs> <laughs> How's the Me Too movement in North Korea going? <laughs> so the thing is, well, okay. So b- back to dating first. The relationships are set up by the parents. Uh-oh. You know, it's like there's still like some matchmaking going yeah. on, and it's like it's a little bit more futile. I don't think dating is really happening in the sense that. It m- like, people might go on a date if it's arranged by their parents and because they're going right. to get married. Okay. But you're not going to like, hey, you want to go see a movie tonight type thing. That's not that's not happening. Hey, you want to go see a movie about the Supreme Leader? I've seen that one. Yeah. No, hey, one. You want to <laughs> watch some bowl? You want to watch some Bulls games from 1985? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, was Dennis Rodman there? <laughs> Dennis Rodman was not there. Uh, uh, did you ask about him? Um, I think we asked some people about Dennis Rodman. Yeah. I mean, they know Dennis Rodman, but that's what's in, that's interesting <laughs> actually is what they know and what they don't know. Yeah. So, for example, they all know every time Trump says something uh, flamboyant or, yeah. or they, like he, when when Trump tweets something about North Korea, that's like aggressive, that's used of as course. bait. It's and they, it's, it's it's on billboards. It's being portrayed at everyone's workplace and schools. They're like, this is what the American president. And said it's probably about the America. only time in the history that they've used the American president's words verbatim, <laughs> not out of context. <laughs> And, yeah, like, actually right. showing it to the people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But well, what I found so interesting in that video is the um, the the opening scene, I think, or maybe it's a couple scenes in, but where you're, you guys are talking to the – he's some government leader. And he's like, oh, Trump is boisterous. He's flamboyant. He's a crazy man. He's essentially describing his own leader as well. Like, is the irony – <laughs> on purpose? They don't, yeah. Oh, it's definitely not. They, 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 they but I mean, from you guys, when you're shooting it. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what you're, right? Well, I mean. Like, he's describing Trump, but also he could be saying the exact, he also he's is describing like Rocket Man. defending <laughs> Rocket Man, a complete maniac as I well. I mean, that's the power of film, though. Like, right? We record all this information, and then we choose what to, what to show. And, I mean, that's editing, and that's, that's a kind of a really, Im- the most important part of, you know, of giving people information is how we do it and we're trying to do it in both an enlightening way and an entertaining way i mean trying to keep people's eyes on videos in this environment right now like how many videos are on your facebook feed right now i mean it's it's a fucking yeah. shit show you, yeah, need yeah, to, yeah. you need to have some cute kids or something you want right. to watch you a video on facebook kids or cats <laughs> and even yeah. then like view times on facebook are just like miserable yeah like you people like you see all these views on facebook if you look at the metrics and like the analytics behind <laughs> those videos about 
how much of the video people are watching. It's really disturbing. That's why the podcast game is great. We don't care how long people listen. As long as <laughs> they download, download. Press play. Just press, press play. play. <laughs> and turn it off. And you go do. on with your day. So you guys should have done some more videos of dating. That would have helped people. I, I think I've, I've saw a video of a, of a North Korean date. Uh, you could put it on for an hour. I'd watch that the whole thing. <laughs> we <laughs> got to get Donnie to go over there. D- Donnie from the pod? Yeah. From our former podcast. That, that's the thing, though. Like, a lot of the video about North Korea, like, going into it, we were like, what are we going to do? Right. How, how are we going to use this opportunity once we got access? And most <laughs> of the videos either fall into the category of, like, this is why North Korea is wacky. Right. Like, here's this weird stuff. And then, or it's, like, this kind of, like, super serious, like, kind of, like, frontline style thing. Um, but in this environment right now where they're a lot raunching nuclear weapons right you kind of got to talk about that yeah like that's what we're there to talk about (laughs) we're we're talking about the possibility of nuclear war yeah we're talking about an existential threat to our existence like that's why we're that's why how real do you think it is super real really yeah like yeah because it's hard to get the sense to me like of what like would they really well there's just so much noise in america every single day it's like oh the god senator in alabama and then the next day it's like people forgot about right russia right i mean like the Russia investigation takes up a lot of brain space for yeah. people in the news right now. Um, and then there's these hurricanes that are, like, daily. Yeah. And then these fires and that the, are daily. And now there's a new tax bill. And, like, it's really easy to forget. I, this could I still mean, happen. I mean, you could argue that the Me Too story that the Times broke, really, has really been good because it's kept the... It's sort of, like, moved North Korea off the front page. I feel like <laughs> it being on the front page is what gets Trump... Every, like, Trump... Like, as long as people are looking at North Korea, he's thinking, like, you know, it's like a distraction. If well, he wa- he wants that. I got. I, mean, I, I can't right analyze what he wants, <laughs> but all, I can tell you Which, that I was doing. I was on stage in New York during that time doing stand-up. I was, I was talking about North Korea for like a week on stage, and by the next week, people already didn't care or forgot or didn't know. Yeah. Like I'd be like, hey, you know this North Korea attack, and like you could feel the audience the first week being like all into what I was saying, but yeah, the second but, week dead. It's yeah, called, it was a big joke for a week. It's called news fatigue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. And it's really hard with certain subjects. Like, pick a pick a, a subject that never ends, like Tibetan oppression, right? Like, no one cares anymore. It's really no. sad. That was the 90s. I was it really was like the, it's, 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 Oh, yeah. What a, yeah. Beastie Boys. <laughs> <laughs> all those bands. That's all people think about now when they think of Tibet. But trying to get people's attention is pretty is pretty tough. And, and tell them that you're worth their time and that this is worth watching um, or reading. Uh, so are you going to go back to North Korea? Or are you banned from there now, too? <laughs> like no, as far as I know, I'm not banned. Um, <laughs> what did the government, the gov- North Korean government, think of your piece? Do you have any I, feedback? I, have no, no, I didn't get any feedback from them. I wish I did. I, I'm pretty curious. I mean, um, I don't know. It was, I felt fairly uncomfortable going. It was not super easy. They were pretty, um, they were way more aggressive than I thought they'd be. Like, I've worked in China for a long time. I've dealt with a lot of security issues. I've worked in conflict zones in, in all over Burma. Um, I've been to most countries in Asia and dealt with a lot of different weird scenarios, but that was really tough. Um, How I mean, does that manifest itself when you say they're difficult to work with? So, like, you know what a, a minder is? It's yeah. The person who follows Fo- you around. Yeah, the guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I was with three colleagues, so there's four of us. Um, we had two minders for the group, and then there was, like, four more. Backup minders? I don't know. They, they just, like, drive cars and don't talk. You don't really know what they do. But, like, a couple times I'd come back, and they're looking through your stuff. Oh, they look uh, through your stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, or they'd be, like, I'd have this, especially this one this one woman was always over my shoulder. She was pretty much on me the whole time. And she'd be like, she liked you. no, 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 that's that's too wide. You can't do that. Like, she's looking at your shots. Like, yeah, looking oh. at the shots. and like She's trying to direct. Director, yeah. She's like, you can't point the camera at that. You can't point the camera at that. You can't talk to him. You can't talk to him. And you're like, 
why did you bring me here? I mean, a couple times... Don't I talk to him. He's they, untrustworthy. They, a couple times they sequestered me by myself, and I couldn't communicate to the other parts of the team. And it's like, then you're like, really like... A little scared. Wait, really? Yeah. And I'm like, hey, can we call them? They're like, no. And they're like, you know, there, it was not like a friendly atmosphere. Right. It wasn't subtle mining, like when you're in Cuba or something, you hear like, oh, yeah, I know yeah. someone's following well, me, but they're not talking to me. Like, no, yeah. no, no, no. This was, this was the opposite. And where they like, try to be your friend. They act like they're your friend, right. but actually their job is to watch you. It wasn't No, that. no, no. It was not an M. Maybe she was looking out for you. Like, she's like, that guy gives terrible sound bites. He was on the uh, <laughs> North right. Korean Daily Show last week. He's, well, he's just blah, blah, yeah. blah all day. <laughs> but I mean, our entire presence there was like not necessarily agreed upon. Like, we were there with the foreign ministry, but the, gov- but the military was not on board. They didn't think we should be there. Mm. Foreign ministry was like, this is good. We need dialogue. And because there's no formal dialogue between the U.S. and North Korea, they view the, Nor- the, like the New York Times as a channel of communication. Right and gosh. like, and there's so little information, actual information out of that country that we feel responsible to go there and do it, right? Yeah, like what do you think their, their goal is in doing this? Like they're trying to get more sympathetic. Like what are they trying to accomplish? Because I, I, that's why I, don't, I don't understand like they really want war or not. Like that's my... Personally, that's I like, don't think they do. But I mean, I, I, they can't possibly there, think they're going to win, but like, I, I, I don't... No idea. But that's the scary thing. Yeah. They do yeah. think they're going to they, win, right? I mean, the Everybody. people who are important enough. I mean, the people on the street think that because they've been... Right, because they've been But like, this rocket man really, who's <laughs> had a Western <laughs> education and stuff, like, he really but think I think, like, I think this is the fears that a lot of dictators kind of drink their own Kool-Aid. Right. You say th- she has something enough times and you start believing it. And like, so Kim Jong-un was not educated in North Korea. He was educated in Switzerland. Right, that's why I think he must be smarter. Yeah, of course they are. Including the foreign ministry people we were dealing with, a lot of them had been educated, and and had spent time in other countries. They they wow. weren't these weren't people who, and that's why like especially this this one guy we spent a lot of time with, who'd spent he'd been to a bunch of different countries. He went to college in Switzerland. He's like, there is no gay people in North Korea, and we're like, why are you even <laughs> saying that to right. us? Like what like what's, what's if there's no gay people there? How do did you even th- ask or did you just bring it up out of nowhere? No, we asked. <laughs> no, but oh, if okay. there's no gay people there, how do the people in North Korea even know what a gay person is? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like how would you even yeah. if it's never happened before, you wouldn't even think that's even a thing. You don't have the concept. Yeah, uh, so it's I think there's a couple gay defectors actually. Oh, gay defectors. And and and, and that's like hmm. yeah, I mean, that's the yeah, it's, it's a tough, tough tough position <laughs> to be in in North Korea. I mean, yeah. Uh, maybe they accept it. Like if you can get out of North Korea, you should be allowed to do whatever you want sexually. I mean, <laughs> it seems like that, that should be the first <laughs> anything. The hard you want. part's done. Yeah, the hard part is done. <laughs> yeah. Live life as you wanted to live it. <laughs> exactly. That's the bare minimum of acceptance I think we can get to. Even the people down south can. Did you guys have? I think I was on the New York Times recently. The, those guys, the video, of the surveillance video, of the guys defecting from yeah. North Korea. Was that you guys? Yeah, yeah. I, I, it was released. A lot of people had it, but um. Yeah, we didn't take that footage. I guess it's probably wasn't your shot. No, it wasn't my shot. I think probably U.S. military because there's so many cameras on the border. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there was an amazing amount of footage of that. There's so many cameras that you can like sequence it and make it look like you can see you know, over here, and then there's the wide shot, here's the tight shot. Yeah. It was a. Uh, so you yeah. really think after going there, you really think that they would be ready to go to war like immediately? I think if the if we were to preemptively attack, yeah, preemptively attack, oh, we uh, attacked. Right, but I yeah. also think it could happen in other ways if. You know, we're doing drills over the Korean Peninsula at the moment. Sometimes, yeah. If two planes happen to hit right. each other, another plane reacts. You know, did you guys go to South Korea at all, or have you been? Because I'm just curious, like people in South Korea, because if there's a war, I mean, there could be like a million dead South Koreans, um, and do they? Like, I wonder what the, they think. So this on this trip, I went to the border. <coughs> of, I went to the DMZ, but on the North Korean right. side, which is actually super weird to be on that side of the DMZ. Is it a tourist attraction yeah, also? Because it tourist, is. It's a tourist attraction Every, for in South Korea. Yeah, that's what I mean. And so like right. we got yeah. there, and it's like, and it's just soldiers at first, and all of a sudden like this tour group of like foreigners, like these are all pointing cameras, yeah. and I'm like. I'm going to be in some weird photos right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's, like, there's like 10 tourists who have photos of, of these white guys on the other Every side. Every single time I hear the term DMZ, 
I like just have a thing in my brain where I'm like, which would I rather do? Be trapped in the TMZ and not know how to get out, or trapped in the DMV? <laughs> <laughs> I just I can't. God, every single time one. it goes in, I'm like DMV. What? Oh, that right. It's a good question. It's a, yeah. That's. A, I mean, it's not. Yeah. Is there? I have another question. I feel like we have a million questions. This. We're going really long. But um, are there any? I remember seeing a video about these. I don't know if they're Americans, but definitely white guys who are North Koreans who live in North Korea and now they're like movie stars because their dad maybe is somehow friends with the government and these kids grew up there. I don't know about those kids, but there there is a couple people kind of like that, like these and they're sympathetic to yeah. They're they, part they, of North Korea. They're North they're, they're North Koreans now. Yeah. Um. Some people from the Korean War stayed. Whoa. Um, yeah. They're where they won, so they stayed. They stayed <laughs> with the winners. You're talking about like Americans. Americans. Right. Well, they were. They stayed in the winning area. They stayed in the oh, winning area. One. Very like deer hunter. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they rolling rock. You know. <laughs> I mean, there's some people in China like that too, like these old guys that just kind of got in with the party, and yeah, and they're and they're and they're still there, and it's like. I but mean, Ch- China's well, a little less. Well, talk about something we've talked about in the past, but if you're a, a pedophile. We talked oh, about yeah. the guys who were in China. North who Korea like, is a good place to go. I think North Korea is the best place. They don't have any. There's no way they would. No nah, extradition. Can, yeah. can't Cambodia. It's probably like. Cambodia, oh, yeah. there was a couple in Suzhou when I was living there. Oh, so yeah. There's a lot of. That's the thing. Like, if you're an expat, you always. An especially expat. Like in Asia, especially. New term, expat. 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 They do. But it's much worse in Southeast Asia. Like, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, I was shooting in a bar in Cambodia once and there was like all these old guys with these young boys and I was and they were Ugh. like and they, and they were pretty polite about it but they were like well, please don't polite kill me pedophiles yeah they were polite <laughs> and I'm like well be, well mannered yeah and, either, and then you're like huh well, what am I supposed to do in this situation? Oh, they were saying, right. don't shoot me? Yeah, they, don't, they didn't want to be in the film, you know? Well, like, yeah, I would we imagine. Were, like, they want that Algerian blur. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, at that, you know, like, we're shooting for, like, the travel section. Right. It's like, we're not doing a piece about pedophiles in Southeast Asia right now. We're making a travel piece. This is right. about the wine bar opened by French expats best, in Cambodia. Right? Best pedophile, pedophile wine bars <laughs> in Southeast Asia. It's and, a special. Uh, potato, potato. 36 yeah. hours in, in Cambodia. <laughs> if you want to pay you a little pedophile. <laughs> This is hour two. Oh, God. I kind of feel like Cambodia is the bottom of the barrel. And it is the bottom <laughs> of the barrel. I've like, been there. If, if you've been kicked out of, like, and no shamed offense. out of, like, Thailand or the Philippines, and then you go to, like, Laos, and then you and then eventually you end up in right. Cambodia, get, get, where, where everyone's down. like, dude, it's the whatever. the bottom of the sewer. Yeah. I'm Good probably tip. never going back Good there, tip so. for some of our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah. No, but because I use everything, like, beers are, like, 25 cents. Wow. That's how you can judge a country. Like, like how cheap at some point, it's, like, too cheap. You know? right. it's like the what am I paying for here? Or whatever. And it's, like, a big, like, 22 or something. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> exactly. Th- that being said, I love Cambodia. I mean, it's a lot of fun. Oh, there. it's the best. <laughs> it's the best. But it's the bottom yeah. of the sewer. But it's yeah. the best place on earth. <laughs> All right. Good, good motto. Maybe they can sponsor us. There you go. All you, right, Jonah. Um, anything you, else that's left out of before the, we get out of here? Any spooky other spooky left stuff? Left out of those videos <laughs> that you want to... Uh, I have, I, a million. Yeah, there's a million. We're going to have you back. Yeah, we How, gotta, don't you, you, you live in New York, right? I live in New York now. Yeah. Could be our correspondent. We had 65 episodes <laughs> and not have you on yet. Well, yeah. We have a lot of uh, of news questions. We were saving you for 2018. Do you know uh, well, you were telling me beforehand that you like ripped him off on some a video in China? Oh, <laughs> I was just looking up your videos, and I, I realized I saw one of your videos like six months ago, and it's the number one way I've since explained China to people, especially China Internet. Which video? Oh, the WeChat video. The WeChat video. Because oh, yeah. it's like I've always had a tough time explaining like yeah, how yeah. the Internet works, even though conceptually I knew. But I never thought of it as the ocean. Like The ocean <laughs> is like the Internet, yeah, and that, then the that, lake that. next to the ocean is like China Internet. And now I seem like a genius, or I feel like a genius <laughs> yeah, to everyone, because I just like basically steal your. Oh, I'm really happy that I'm helping them. I yeah. steal so, your bit. I so yeah, you're myself. giving them like uh, you could I'm use that, make it into a comedy you bit, and you're bit? like the ant. 
<laughs> These are like offstage, <laughs> serious Turner bits. <laughs> yeah, serious Turner bits. <laughs> Drunk Turner in a bar. <laughs> talking to you got to do. If you've been abroad a long time, you got to have your serious moments when you're drunk exactly. in a bar. Every once in a while, Everyone's yeah, you, in you pontificate. <laughs> than other people. So, all right. Well, thank you for doing it. Happy to be here. And what, what, where can people find your yeah. writing, your, your photography, your videos? Um, so on the New York Times, uh, nytimes.com slash video. Um, so what we do, we make short documentaries. They're usually 12 to 16 minutes. Um, they're usually investigative, and they're happening all around the world. And they're fantastic. Can we find you on Twitter or anything? Yeah, all the, all, the, all the regular things. All the regular things, all right. Jonah Kessel. WeChat? You got WeChat? <laughs> I'm, I've actually quit WeChat uh, out of security purposes. Kaplan just got I kicked just got off. kicked off, actually. Maybe they found out you we were doing this pod. We've got a fan group. Yeah. I haven't replied to the fans turns telling me in like weeks, and I try to get on, and I'm, I've been kicked off. Yeah, so it's like putting a spy in your pocket. Yeah. It depends if you care or not. I'll turn it put it on my phone in the first place. You're <laughs> a freaking... <laughs> All right, let's get to the news. Bring on the news. All right, Jonah, thanks for doing it. Kessel for doing the podcast. Kaplan, yeah. this is your relative. Yeah. He's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. You know, the, the, he's going to win the uh, award in 2018 for the best Kessel guest, I think. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going <laughs> to say like a, a Pulitzer. Didn't he already, did he already win one? A Pulitzer? Well, we forgot to ask him that, so I don't know. Oh, well, <laughs> we're terrible interviewers. We got to get him yeah. back. There was so much more. We didn't I, talk about him coming back to America. I think all of my relatives that are like, I don't see a lot, they're distance on both sides. Yeah. I'm not no more family gatherings. I'm just gonna when they want to meet up and get. I'm gonna say, do you have something interesting for the podcast? If so, come then. Yeah. If not, get lost. <laughs> Whatever. I'll see you at next family bar mitzvah. Yeah. It's better <laughs> so, to do it one on one anyway. Yeah. So he had to run. Um. Yeah. Shout out to him. Thank you for doing shout it. Shout out to the New York Times. I he'll, guess we're, he'll be back soon. There's some good people there. Now we have him as a listen. We're putting a news team together. Yeah. We got a New York Times videographer on our on our staff. We got a 5:38. We have Andrew Jones Roy from 5:38. All the best. Uh, we, we, had, we, we have Andrew Heaton from uh, Andrew Heaton from Reason from uh, Reason and Reason.com, yeah. Reason yeah. TV. So we got that's a diverse panel. We got we get we get a hard hitting news. What other podcast has this kind we of? We got to get someone from Breitbart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's Milo Yapalopoulos? What's he? <laughs> Milo. He's very <laughs> wild. I would racist say he's alt metal, but that's a different freak. term. For, yeah, he yeah. is not alt oh, metal. No, no, he's alt right. We don't need him. We he's need out. someone. Maybe Bannon. Our tent's not. Th- no, no <laughs> Bannon. We're not that wide. We're a wide tent, but not that alt white. But no. no. All right. Well, all right. So we're doing news in honor of Jonah Kessel, in honor of our North Korea talk. First news story is from North Korea. Kim Jong-un controls the weather, says the state media. This comes to us from the state media of North Korea. <laughs> Shout out. We've never used that news source before. I can we tell you that much. We have not. So the 9,000-foot Mount Patiku in North Korea is normally a wintry mess in December, according to Korean Central News Agency. But during Kim Jong-un's visit recently, it was a marvelous scene with glee at the reappearance of its great master. Mm. When Kim Jong-un ascended to the top of the mountain, the mountain showed fine weather, unprecedented, never seen before, I guess. It was an obvious homage, says the state media, homage. to <laughs> homage. <laughs> homage? Is that not it's a word? homage. Homage <laughs> to uh, great leader Kim Jong-un. It was obviously, the mountain did it for him, the, the KCNA yeah. reported, a man who controls nature, says the media. So here's my question. Do you believe this? Do I believe he controls nature or do yeah. I believe... <laughs> 
Well, what I, I, I want to know he does is why I asked. Well, what I was gonna, I, I wouldn't get to that in a second. If he controls the weather, why wouldn't he just make like um, all America and all other enemies just like get like <laughs> tormented with tsunamis? And- That's a good point. <laughs> I think he can control. I think they're half right. I think he can. Right. I'm gonna yes. No, no. But I have evidence back up. Oh they, yes. I think they do control. He controls weather in his own country. Oh, there's a border. Yes. <laughs> I don't think he can control foreign countries. The border of the... What about the whole Korean Peninsula, though? Because they consider it all one country. I know? think he probably could. Yeah, he should torment South, South Korea. Yeah. Because here's why I say this. I went to the 2008 Beijing Olympics, and the Chinese government 100% did control the weather leading up to the Olympics. <laughs> they did. Uh, How did they do that? I'll, I'll tell you. The Olympics, obviously China's wildly polluted, right? There's smog everywhere. The Olympic Committee said, you guys cannot have the Olympics here if this is going to be pollution everywhere. We have long distance running. We got track and field. We got canoe. They we didn't think everything. of this until they'd already awarded them the Olympics. Yeah, <laughs> they, they were really late on. Well, and so they, what China decided to do was make it rain for like two months every single day leading up to the Olympics. Okay. I can't believe you still have your cough, yeah. by the way. This has been like two months. <laughs> so every day leading up to the Olympics... They made it rain every single day, and then right before the Olympics, they stopped the rain. And so that way, the rain when the rain shoots down, it gets rid of all the pollution in the air, and then it was clear skies. For the rain gets rid of pollution? I yes. Didn't, I didn't know this. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> you need to read up. I got to read up on Yeah, because when rain drops down, it knocks everything out of the sky. It okay. knocks all the dust and dirt out of the sky. This is true. You're looking at me like, is that yeah, true? I, 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 okay. It's 100% true. So, Says the guy who thinks China controls the weather. <laughs> I went to the Olympics. I was there. I saw my own two. So eyes. who in China though does it? Like which guy in China? Is it the the president? The, the president. Okay, I didn't know if he had a committee. In well, the, it is a committee in China. <laughs> right. I'm sure they have to vote on it. Right. Okay. They vote. Do we want to control the weather? The Politburo, right? The thirteen the or whatever. Those guys. Fifteen those, people yeah. at the top. And what they do is they seed the clouds. They shoot rockets <laughs> into the clouds. Okay. I'm not kidding. <laughs> They shoot rockets into the clouds. That makes the clouds full of water, and then the water pours down, and then the sky is clear, and then you can have the Olympics. So maybe when uh, North Korea is testing missiles, they're actually just trying to make it rain? That's what I'm they're saying. They're not yes. trying to... Yeah, they're, they're a peaceful people. They are a peaceful people. I mean, look, you know, it's hard to... You know, you got to talk about, like, we're going to make peace with people who, like... This is the stuff we used to believe, you know, people with rain dances in primitive cultures... Uh, we believe, my people believe that, like, uh, God was sending frogs down from the sky and stuff. Exactly. Like, in Egypt, you know, it's, 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 so, it's all, it's in everyone's nation to believe a supreme le- person. Kaplan, this is, I'm not telling you what I weather. believe, I'm telling you the fact. The fact. I saw <laughs> this with my own eyes. They controlled the weather. And you know how Americans go over to China and they're like, we're like, oh, but why, I don't get it. Why don't you want to vote? I don't right. know if you know this, but anytime an American goes right. over there, they talk to their Chinese tour leader and they're like, are you guys sad that you can't vote? Yeah. And they're like, no, because we've never been able to vote. We don't give a shit. It's not something we think about. Right. Guess what? It's the same in reverse. They come over here, they take tours and they're like, wait, why is it raining? Why can't you just control? Why can't you make it sunny? And America, aren't you sad that you can't control the weather? And Americans <laughs> like you go, wait, no, we don't care because we've never been able to control it. It's the same. So if you wanted to get out of school, you want like I'm just trying to think of the things you could do with this power. Now like Trump, we're on top. We got droughts and there's always droughts in California. Make it rain. Why aren't we firing missiles in California? I know Trump would love to bomb California because we're idiots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you have to bomb in the right way so you don't. It's like got to go out to sea. You shoot rockets into the clouds. Shot clouds into rain. The cloud. Drought over. Uh, truthfully, I don't. Now that you bring it up, I don't know why we've never done this. It's yeah. insane. I mean, I don't turn my phone on while we're recording, so I can't Google to look this. Call bullshit on this whole theory. It's not bullshit. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Ask any Olympian. 
Ask any Ask of the Michael Phelps. He was there. Michael Phelps saw the rockets. Sure, he didn't. He saw the clear skies. He saw that no pollution. Wow. So that's the that's also your solution to global warming and all. Instead of that's why Trump pulled out the Paris Accords. Ex- who needs We're just going to shoot missiles in the sky until Ask Hu Jintao. we get rid of pollution. Maybe we should elect our next president should be Hu Jintao, <laughs> the <laughs> former president of China. He'll get it done. He's not in office anymore. He's out. All right, I would vote for Trump over him. We're gonna that, have a disagreement on that. That's good. <laughs> that, and that's our pod. <laughs> on that note, thank you. First pod of the year. Thank you, Jonah Castle. Thank yes. you to the New York Times for releasing him. I normally won't say this, but thank you to them. They released him. They let him come on our podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna call it the non-failing New York Times. What a great the, pod to real, start out 2018. We start out with a bang. Yeah, we uh, literally we start out with a bang. Yes. And uh, great pod. Thanks, Jonah. Happy New Year to all our fans. Happy New Year. Come see me in Carlsbad, New Mexico, and Hobbs, New Mexico, uh, coming up in the next few days. All about the self-promotion. I will see you there. That's all, Cap. What should we do? Get lost. Get lost.